And that moment was waking up in the morning um, crying. Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So today, I'm delighted to have a fellow podcaster who's got an incredible story that I think you're all going to enjoy. But alongside podcasting, he's also a father, a husband, a business owner as well. So I'm really excited for this one because we actually had a fascinating conversation, and I normally shy away from being on other people's podcasts as I prefer asking about other people's lives rather than talking about my own. And I suppose we all kind of fall guilty of that in terms of we think our story is mundane or it's boring or it doesn't matter. What I realized in that conversation was, well, like I always preach to you guys, everyone's story matters. And one of the stories I want to get on this show is our guest today. So I'm very delighted to have Mavic on today's show. How are we doing today? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Good, good, good stuff. So let's jump over to our guest today. Mavic, tell us a little bit about yourself. What brings you to the show today? the kind of stuff that you're doing and how your life has transitioned because I know there's been a huge transition especially in the later years that you mentioned when we last spoke. Yeah um, thank you Aaron. Um, first of all thank you for having me on. Um, Very welcome. Like you said I'm used to being on the other side of this um, asking the question so it's quite interesting being on the receiving end if you say. Um, so my background is I've I went through the education system, education route, um, traditional. So I uh, did a degree, did a master's, worked in London for six months and then realized that either I'm unemployable or I just don't like working for people. Um, I didn't like the politics. I didn't like the um, the way organizations are, are set up that it's not about how you work or who, you know, how hard you work. It's about who you know and, and playing that political game. And I just wasn't up for it. So after about six months, I left. Um, and I set up my own business. So I'm from Leicester. Um, that's my hometown. So I went back to Leicester. And um, um, so in those days, so now this might be a late alien for some of Ulysses, depending on how old they are. Um, when I came back to Leicester, this was 20 years ago, um, I found a shop. So I wanted to set up a business. There was no Google. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. So this was traditional. Uh, found a shop. Um and open sort of on a women and prayer. I had an interest in gadgets and technology. So Sky, um, as in Sky Digital, were just launching in the UK at that point. So I said, okay, let me just set up a little business to sell Sky. Um, so opened a shop and then, you know, with £500 in my pocket, it was just a case of, okay, let me invest this in myself and let me see what happens here. Um, opened that business and, and sort of, went from there. <laughs> I had quite an interesting first day. So when I actually opened the business, when as an entrepreneur, you sort of, you have a big idea about, you know, this is going to happen and this can happen, this can happen, this can happen. Then eventually, you know, you can dominate and rule the world. Now on the, my first day, um, I, I had my first customer come in. So 15 minutes after I opened my, uh, opened the door, um, a customer walked in and says, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in Sky. Can I, can I sign up? And he goes, yeah, yeah, fine. Okay, sign him up. And I said, okay, fine. So we'll get your card ordered. And then when you get your card, ring us. And then we'll come and install the system. Now, most people know 
that with Sky, it's a dish that goes outside your house, right? So he got his card. Then I thought, as soon as he left, I thought, hold on, who's going to install this dish for him? Because I'm not, uh, I, at that point, I wasn't a lad getting up a ladder with a drill, etc. I was supposed to sit in a shop and, and, and dominate the world through this <laughs> sort of uh, shop. And then, and I literally sat there and I thought, this business actually has to now end because no one's actually going to, who's going to go and install a dish? And it's funny how I didn't even see that as a hurdle before I started. So I, I hadn't planned that and I hadn't built that in. Um, and the... And about 10 minutes into just sitting there thinking, because there was no, like I said, there's no Google to go on to, to try and find installers and things. Um, a, a van pulled up outside the shop and he said, oh, um, oh, you've just opened today. I said, yeah, yeah, I've just opened today. He goes, oh, um, I'm a, I'm a satellite installer. I, I just live down the road and I'm not that busy. So if you need any help on installations, I can do that. And... <clears throat> Being a true businessman, I said, no, 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 no. I've got plenty of installers. Don't worry about that. But what I'll do is I'll take your card. Um, and then if I do need your help, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a call. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm not that busy. I'm just live down the road. I can come anytime. And whenever you're ready, I said, okay, perfect. And then he left. And it was almost like I, I looked up and I said, thank you. And I was saying thank you to the universe or, or God or whatever, you know, whichever way you look at things. But it's funny how when things are meant to carry on, something will come in to help you. And when things are not meant to carry on, as in you can try, try and try and nothing happens or you can sit back and everything happens. And that's the way I judge a lot of my life now in terms of if things are meant to happen, they will and if they're not meant to, you know, let it go because there is a bigger plan for you. There's a bigger picture. And I believe in the faith of letting the universe decide for me as opposed to really getting upset or, or hurt about things that didn't happen. So from that sort of humble beginning, um, I set up that business and that that grew, um, took on my first employee. And that was a huge deal for me. Um, and then from there, the building I was in was renting. Next door came up for sale. So I bought that building. From that, I got married. And then from getting married, I opened, I, I, I decided to venture into a different type of business. So that's home entertainment technology. I went into, I opened the first pizza delivery in Leicester, which is again, random, random skew. But I think that's how us entrepreneurs think. We just have a different skew thinking, which doesn't really make sense. But to us, it does. So yeah, so I, I was set up pizza. I had this business, this grew, um, and they both grew. Um, so I, I bought another outlet for this shop, went online, and then set it all up. So at one point, about 10 years ago, I had like 55 staff running two businesses. And from the veneer of life, everything was, you know, fantastic. You know, married, had um, my daughter then as well you know, a big house, a nice car, etc. So that was the veneer of the entrepreneur, you know, the great life. But behind that, I was broke and broken. Um, juggling all these balls started getting on top of me. And and everyone knows about 10 years ago, if, if people don't know, there was a financial crisis. Um, so, you know, things that happened in America, things that happened in the UK slowed down the economy and caused a lot of fear, especially financially. Um, and I didn't see this coming. I had the progress of growth, growth, growth. And I never saw this coming. That happened so quickly that I, we, as, a, as a person and as a business, we'd over-leveraged. So we'd borrowed so much money. Um, and, and now the business was slowing down. So sales weren't coming in as fast. 
but they were going out the back just as quick. So I had a lot of wages to play. I had a lot of overheads and a lot of costs. And as a really weak and poor entrepreneur, I didn't really know my numbers. I just, I just knew it was coming in so fast that I didn't have to worry about the, you know, the backside of it. Um, and then this led to some real deep and dark moments. So over, I just thought, let me just work harder. Let me just work harder to make this, you know, to try and keep this train running. And then I realized that you get to a point where you can't work harder anymore. There's a mental, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, I was broken at that point. And I woke up one morning and um, I said to my wife, I can't do this anymore. And she said, well, I said, life, I can't wear this mask anymore. I can't live like this. I was absolutely worn out. Um, and she said something quite profound to me at that moment. I'm so glad that she did. Rather than sort of consoling me because she knows consoling me doesn't work. She said, you know, your life that you've created, you've chosen all that. It was your choice. And no one's made you do it. You've chosen. And now it's just time to choose again. So rather than thinking that you have to go down this route, what do you want? And how do you want your life to be? And start moving in the direction. And at that, point, at that moment was a realization that I had to just let go. Let go of the control which I thought I needed to make everything, you know, move in the way I wanted um, and actually start focusing on myself. So when I say focus on myself, I started training, I started running, I started... And this was obviously a slow, slow process. And I am writing a book at the moment. So hopefully I can go into this a little bit more detail later. But it was um, learning about myself. So physically, I needed to start moving. Um, um, filling my body with nutritious, so understanding nutrition was another thing I had to do. Mentally, I started going to the Buddhist Center for meditation. I started taking time out for myself. And then... What funnily happened is the more I invested, the more I invested in myself. Another thing I did was I see the universe. Whatever I don't need, just take from me. I don't care anymore. Whatever I don't need, just leave. And just leave me with the things I need, and that's it. And the funny thing was, over the last 10 years, all that's happened is that I've just grown physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally to be the strongest I am today. And everything that outside of me in terms of the business, all those things, the debts, you know, at that point I had, including mortgages, I had over £800,000 debt, including the business debt. And that was really weighing on me. And then when I let it go, things just happened. Things slowed down as they were meant to slow down. Money came in as it's meant to come in. Because I, I, I almost didn't focus on it anymore. I just focused on myself to be the strongest I can. Because I wasn't being the strongest I could be. I wasn't being the strongest for anyone around me and everyone knew that I wasn't in a good place. So come fast forward to today, I am now in such a good place and there's so many new things that I want to start and it's it's then being in on you know uh, being with Aaron. I've heard a lot of things that Aaron has said about about his life and I know for me is the future looks so bright that I know even being I'm 44 years old and I know I'm not even halfway through my life yet and that excites me you know I'm living over 100 because I know if I, I feel the strongest I have today over even when I was 20 and 30 and if I feel like this now there's a long road ahead unless you know the university decides they need me somewhere else that's fine but there is a long road ahead and I'm excited I truly am excited to try and to try and help support and motivate and inspire 
other people to not give up and just carry on. I love that. And, and I can feel your excitement. Sorry, and that was very long-winded. No, no, it was, absolutely, <laughs> it was absolutely fine. I think um, I, I love that introduction. And I think there's a lot of um, stuff that we talk about on the show, such as self-awareness and even that excitement. And I think that excitement stems from actually what your wife said. Thank you for sharing that. Because one of the things we need to recognize is that we are the navigators of our ship effectively and we choose all the things that are happening so we almost have to be brave enough and have enough courage to say well I am where I am because of most likely the decisions I've been making and my habits on a daily basis now I understand that sometimes you get external influences which kind of navigate your ship for you i.e you should become this you should become that and this is one of the things I try and find your voice it's about we have to stop that we almost have to let it go through one ear and out the other because we need to now find our voice. And what I mean by finding our voice, it's not necessarily starting a podcast. It's who are you? Like, what are the things that make you tick? And maybe what made you tick 10 years ago doesn't necessarily make you tick today. Yeah. And these are the mm -hmm. important questions that they sound really simple as they're coming out of my mouth, but we rarely sit down and have them. And I'm just so grateful to have somebody like yourself come on and share the story and be so honest. I mean, I was, I was writing a few notes as you were saying that, and you were pretty brutal on yourself in terms of saying you were a weak entrepreneur. You were doing the thing that I laugh about this because most guys, it's like when somebody asks us for directions, it's like, even if we don't know it, we'll just make it up. <laughs> and how you said to that guy who came at a pivotal point in your career and you were like, yeah, it's okay. I, I know quite a few people, but what you did do was a smart move and take his card. So there's a lot of similarities there that I'm sure many people can understand but what i want to do is i want to ask you just a few random questions that just came in my head yeah. for the listeners but then i want to go into when you were broke and the healing process because i think there's going to be yeah. so much value from that because a lot of people are broken and sometimes we're not even noticing the effects of mental burnout or physical burnout for example but i've got two questions because i'm just really curious about it if i may so what i love is it's almost like an underdog story you started with 500 pounds there's no google and i remember these days slightly so all my information I used to get off Encarta CDs, which used to cost a lot of money. I remember Encarta. And if it's not an Encarta, you're not going to find out the answer. And I, and I remember I used to have to get bootleg ones as well because my parents couldn't afford to buy the real ones. And that was literally our Google. So when, you, when you're searching in the contents page, if that doesn't come up, when it comes to your homework, you've got to make something up. You've got to get imaginative. So do you think it's possible to start a business with £500 now? Do you think it's easier now? And have you got any tips or recommendations for somebody who may not have a lot of cash, but thinking well, I want to start something. I want to learn. I want to one day be able to control my own life. I want to write my own story. Any tips for anyone now? I think um, starting business these days is even easier. And what I mean by that, it's, it's harder and easier at the same time. So let me explain that. When I started my business, you needed money because you needed a premises or you need somewhere to operate generally. Unless you're doing some kind of call center or telephone service, you needed uh, somewhere to operate. So a premises was like a website. So having a shop was like a website, especially on a high street. It was like a premium website because you had a lot of footfall coming by. For that, obviously, you need to negotiate rent and then you have a rental agreement, etc. Right. So now if I want to start up a business, I can do that today. You know, I can go on social media, just call myself or set something up or or drop ship and you find drop ship and business, etc. Right now. If someone wants to set something up, the first thing I say is why? Why do you want to do it? Because why is so important? I think when you're young, you get caught up in the money trap. And what I mean by that is it's going to earn me money. And or, or it's like you equate it to a job. So with a job, you, 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 you um, give your time 
and they give you money. And that's essentially what a job is. But with a business, it's what value can you create for the market? And that value you create for the market is then substantiated by the money that people give you for whether it be a product, whether it be service, whatever it is. Now, if someone wants to set something up today, that what I would say is, first of all, find something you enjoy. And like we were talking earlier about something that makes you happy, because if the motivation is making money, what will happen is there will be 100% times when you're not making any money. You might even be making a loss to try and sort of build yourself up. Now, if your motivation is to make money, that means that your energy will go at that moment because it's not doing what it's meant to do. Now, if you're doing something because you enjoy it, maybe you're curious about it, or maybe it's just something that you want to venture into and see how it happens, that is almost going to keep you going because that's the energy, it's the passion that keeps you moving forward, and that's a rocket in your fuel. So that's a fuel that rockets, you know, charges you forward. Now, if if someone said, I've got a, a business idea, but I don't know how to start, or I don't know, you know, which way to move it forward or what to do. The first thing I, I would say is find one person. Just find one person, whether it be a product or a service, find one person that you think it can help. Or have you encountered a problem from someone else that you can help them with? And if you can, help them, whether you're getting paid or not, because you may get paid later or you may be paid by something else. But money is not always the metric you want to use. Sometimes it's experience. Sometimes it's just being in the company of someone else who can then refer you to someone else. So money is not always a metric, but if you are going to get paid for it, that's essentially the start of business. How can I help someone and do, how do they repay me? So it's a sort of like an energy transfer and that in effect is a business. So if, for example, a lot of young people know about social media. They know about mobile phones. They know a lot, a lot about technology. A lot of older people don't. So I'm in, for example, I have my own business. If a young person approached me and said, okay, I see your business, I see what it's doing, and what I can do for you is design this, uh, you know, like a, I've seen your website, but on socials, you're not doing so much. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll knock you up a little social page. I'll get, I'll contact you every week and see is there any updates you can do, and I'll update them for you, and I'll charge you £20 a month or whatever, you know, the fee is. I would take that on because... As an entrepreneur, I don't have much time and I choose to use my time in certain ways. So if someone's going to take that burden off me, but you need someone proactive and forward thinking to do that. It's like I was saying to my daughter, if you can, so I told her, (laughs) no one would want to be my kids. Okay, I'll tell you that now because nothing is straightforward with me. So she said to me, oh, daddy, I want to go on on a skiing trip i said perfect you go no problem at all she goes oh it's gonna cost 1100 pound to go austria for a week i go perfect go and i she goes oh it's hey i said yeah but i said how are you gonna pay for it and she's like and she's 14 she's 13 by the way it was just so you know right and um i says how are you gonna pay for it and she and she looked at me as if well you're gonna pay for it i said well if you want to pay for something, you know, out there, I said, first of all, pitch me tell me why you want to go i want to see a report i want to see a case to why you want to go first so she wrote, and then I said, pitch me like, I said, we watch Dragon's Den. I'm the dragon. You're the investor. You want me to invest in you. So, okay, fine. So she wrote a report because I wanted her to think about it, not just say I want to go because my friends are going there. And then she, then she came back to me and she goes, oh, okay, here's my report. I said, okay, fine. So now you, um, so how are you going to pay for this now? So I'll, I'll invest in you, but you have to transfer time while you invest. So I say, here's the chores. Here's the chores list. This is what it's going to be worth. You add that up. And then um, 
we will pay for it. And one of those things is, I say, if you want to get quicker, think about what, how you can help other people around you here. So she goes, oh, daddy, can you teach me eBay? I said, I'll teach you eBay. Fine. So she learned. And she goes, oh, can I sell some stuff? I said, sell. And I said, whatever you make, we'll go halves. She goes, why can't I have it all? I said, because my stuff. So we're going halves. We're not. And I said, because you're not negotiating. That's not great negotiation. So we'll stick it up. Then she goes, okay, I'm going to do this. So she literally got a piece of paper. Six times she wrote, hi, I'm Kaya. I'm your neighbor. Um, I've just learned eBay. So if there's anything you want me to sell for you, I'll come take the pictures, post it, and then we'll go half, half on whatever we make. Three neighbors said, fine, can you come and look in my garage and see what you can sell? Um, and she came and she sold it. And about a month later, she'd already raised that money that she needed for the trip. And this is the thing. I'm saying my daughter's 13 years old. It's just thinking outside the box. How can you help someone else? And what skills and you know what do you have? I can spend you on that. That's all a business is. And then it sort of scales and grows. I love that. I absolutely love that example. And I think the last few words you just said there about thinking, thinking is the most important and overlooked thing that we ever do. So even in society, even at school, we're actually taught what to think and how to think. We're not actually taught to think. And um, there's a fantastic book, if anyone's interested, called Outwit in the Devil by um, Napoleon Hill. And it's one of the most fascinating books because it was actually banned when it first came out and it wasn't allowed to be released. And then I think the Napoleon Hill state released it later on. And it explains one of the problems with society and the way society is constructed and all, especially about the school and educational system. Now, what I love about that first, when you were, you were speaking about it, I was thinking, Bavik, you're not helping us Indians here. You're giving us a bad reputation by, <laughs> by saying to your daughter at 13, how are you going to do it? But then I was like, this is such an important lesson because so if you're committed to not only enhancing your mental health but also your physical well-being too then you need to check out our new sponsors health excel providing you the best superfood blends on the market in their non-gmo vegan gluten-free and of course organic formulas they bring you superfoods like no others you have seen on the market they also don't just stop there as they provide you free consistent information to educate and empower you on your overall health and well-being journey so don't just stop at the end of a Find Your Voice episode. Get yourself some XL blends and put the odds in your flavor. Once it goes live, there will also be a unique discount for anyone who comes from the Find Your Voice podcast as you guys are now part of my family and I only want to see you thrive even more. So check out the links in the description below and get notified as soon as they go live. Back to the episode. Like, this is such an important lesson because she's learning to negotiate. She's learning to think, which is, again, the number one thing. She's learning entrepreneurial skills. She's then getting the courage to go and knock on somebody's door, i.e. cold calling. Such a fantastic skill to be ready for a rejection, but still do it anyway. And then she was able to save it. Now, somebody with those life skills so early on, that's exciting. That's very, very exciting. It's something that I think many people should think about. I feel we're in a society now where we've become very lazy. And what I mean by becoming lazy is if we need something, you can instantly find it on Google. So then what that means is it opens up a pathway for gurus and cause people to say, hey, I have the blueprint, come and buy my product. And then you're almost buying this product. You're not succeeding and you're thinking, why haven't I succeeded? Well, one, 99% of that stuff is regurgitated information you can find for free. And two, nobody's actually going to hold your hand through life. And the difficult stuff that we have to go through and persevere and overcome in order to find who we truly are we have to do that ourselves and as much as your words of wisdom or the guests that i have on this show as much as i keep banging the drum in terms of how we can truly be happy because happiness is the key i think happiness is the goal you have to do the work yourself 
So I'm just, that, that story for me is, is awesome. And I think that's such a great lesson, especially hopefully one day when I'm a father, I think that's how I've got to look at it to make them think rather than giving them all the answers. Because I think that's when you start seeing, hold on a minute, my child has so many different gifts in so many different areas and she can do amazing things. And then I just wanted to jump back ever so slightly to the happiness part. So I think you probably realize this now, as you said, you're, you're 44 now, but there was a time when prior to that, you were probably chasing the wrong things and not recognizing what was actually really, really important. And this is definitely an underlying theme of Find Your Voice. It's about what makes you happy. And it does actually lead me on to your podcast. So your podcast is called Bigger Than The Hustle Podcast. Now, you've explained, obviously, in this story that you've been through the hustling side, and then you realize, obviously, there's something different. There's something else in your life. Could you maybe give the audience a little bit about why you came up with that name and what it actually means in relation to yourself and the story? Yeah. So um, we talked about the veneer. We talked about the being an entrepreneur, right? So from what I understand and all the people that surround me and my journey in entrepreneurship, so like I said, I've been in, in this game 20 years plus, um, and what I've been surrounded by is fantastic people, amazing people. And a business is just one facet of that amazing life that they have, right? So when you understand someone's thought processes or thinkings or how they live their lives and the actions they live their lives by, you understand how they're a success in their business. And this is the things that I want to tap into in my podcast. So in, in terms of talking to someone, not just about business, but about life, but what do they do outside of their business in their lives? Because that then... I see permeate, permeate through their business. Now, what's really important for me is, is people and people. That's, you know, the human connection. And even though you may have the veneer of a business to sort of hide behind or you may have the veneer of the business to be your placard to show success, the success is really the person you've become on that journey and the, 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 the person you continue to be and continue to grow into by being on that journey because there's going to be time testing times. There's going to be times when you're low. There's going to be times when you're high. There's times when you're excited. There's times when you, you wonder why you ever started. There's times where you think, why does my brain just not stop thinking for a minute and let me rest, yes. right? So <laughs> these are all the facets of an entrepreneur. You know, when it, one, we talked about getting into business earlier. And one thing I would say, another thing I would say to someone young is if you want your 95 or at five o'clock you switch off and then you start again at nine o'clock don't become an entrepreneur because an entrepreneur's brain never switches off it, it's almost like a train process that even though i want it to just now i'm better at it but especially when you first start you're so filled with just wanting to make a difference or wanting to start a business or move in that direction that you literally do not switch off and if you're not ready for that so if you're a, you know a public sector corporate worker and you're used to your nine to five and your weekends off and suddenly you move into entrepreneurship that's the first thing i'll say if you're ready for that do it if you're not ready for that then slowly do it a different way or build it the way that you want to because your brain will never switch off now with the people side of it i've really enjoyed conversations and those conversations i've wanted to bring to light so even listening to something stuff that you've done Aaron, that's why i invited you on originally because i like hearing from authentic honesty because authenticity is almost a metric that seems to be missing in this social world. And what I mean by that is everyone wants to have a veneer. 
the veneer of a fantastic life. But to me, a fantastic life is an honest life. An honest life where you don't have to create a hole of, um, you know, digging yourself a hole to say this is what a perfect life is. But behind that, all you're doing is just digging and digging and digging. You're not, you're never actually really enjoying anything. Um, and I've learned that going through the process where I've been broken, I've been naked and I've been lying on the floor completely low to a point where I am now, my opinion of myself is higher than anyone's opinion of me. And I don't mean that in a, a um, like a boastful way. It just means that I will continue to go down my path irrespective of anyone's thoughts and process behind it. Now, if I can help people, that's cool. And if I don't, you know, I will piss people off and that's cool as well, whichever way it is, because I know the journey that I'm here, that I'm being put on, I had to go through that process. I had to um, go through that ego stripping process that when I've come out the other side, there's so much more value in my life now. And that's what I'm trying to sort of portray through the conversations that I have. And I call them conversations because I don't like this Q&A sessions as well. I like to have a conversation just to talk about things, not just business, but about life as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. So again, you've given me another 30 questions I want to ask you. So <laughs> firstly, I just want to recap about the the whole person that you become because there was a quote I don't know the quote off, off the top of my head now, but it was about, it's not about becoming a millionaire. It's about the person that you become when you are a millionaire. And I remember when I heard that, I think seven or eight years ago, and it made no sense to me. And I was thinking, forget that. I just want to become a millionaire and then I'll become the person worthy of it. And it's only through going through the entrepreneurial space and learning and failing almost every day to then reframe the word fail to a lesson. And then an obstacle is a challenge and almost kind of negotiating with your mind to keep yourself going in order to persevere, that I recognize that if I had a million pounds, for example, seven years ago, my God, I'd be reckless and I probably wouldn't have it today. Also, if I had, for example, started a business and I had an influx of loads of people coming on the site and fulfilling orders and stuff, that would make me so overwhelmed and anxious. And I wasn't ready for that then. And what I'm realizing through my own process, especially through the property and the side business I'm starting with my wife now is every day I find myself building something, building character, building resilience, building something that when that day does come, I'll be better prepared for it. So now in my mind, it's not necessarily I need to achieve a million pounds. It's actually, no, I need to become worthy that should that day ever come and a million pounds of sales come in, am I then ready and well prepared? And I think this is something that we can only do through habit. We can only do through experience and really putting ourselves out there. And it kind of brings me on to the next point, which I think is fantastic. And I love that you shared it, is that your opinion of yourself is higher than anyone else's opinion of you. And everyone's opinion of themselves should be higher than anyone's opinion of them. The problem is we allow we allow opinions of strangers, complete strangers on social media to dictate who we are or to mess up the next hour of our lives. We you know you get trolls and negative stuff. And I, I truly believe this. And this has been an exercise I've been doing is that if there's a disconnect there and if you're struggling to have that high opinion of yourself, you need to do some work on yourself. And what I mean by that is you need to look at, are you the person that you're telling the world that you are? And it comes down to congruency and integrity and stuff. So for me, I'm exactly the same as you. My opinion on myself is far better than somebody else writing me a comment and saying you're X, Y, because I'm like, that doesn't mean nothing because I, the only person I have to answer to is myself when I go to sleep at night. Have I been the person that I put myself out to be? Am I that person? Have I said on the night, I'm going to wake up in the morning, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to bring my mom, I'm going to be good to my wife, I'm going to be the best friend I can possibly be, I'm going to try and help people and then have I done that? 
And that's all that, these are the little things that matter. And I think sometimes we have to go back to our habits and strip it back and think, well, this isn't serving me. This isn't who I want to be. And I recognize this. And I had to really hone in on, I need to become this person because all I want to do in life, I'll be completely honest with you, is be a good role model to my siblings, make my parents proud and be the best husband I can possibly be. And if I have any free time alongside that, I want to try and help as many people because I've seen my parents give that kindness. I don't expect nothing else. So it's very easy for me to live that life of happiness, which which to some people may seem really, really strange, but I've had those exercises with myself. So the question I suppose I want to ask you is, we spoke earlier in the show about how you were broken and then you had to go through this transition to get to where you are to find happiness. And I truly believe habits are really, really important here. They're the key, they're the foundation, especially like keystone habits as well. What kind of stuff did you, when you went through that process, start to implement on your daily basis to bring you to where you are now? I know you briefly mentioned the exercise as well. So you can elaborate on that to make you who you are today. Because I know, and I, I we've had conversations that there's a sense of, almost like a, a sense of pride in terms of the person you are now and a sense of happiness because you are who you say you are. And we speak about authenticity and you can only see that when somebody's truly living their happy, happy life, in my opinion. Otherwise, it just becomes a buzzword. People just say it to get the likes. But what you're doing is you're, you've acknowledged your flaws and now you're in a place where probably where you know you could have probably earned more money if you stayed in this. But actually, now you're focusing on the happiness, which is where I want the guest to go. Yeah, so... At that time, just to give you sort of a, a brief picture of the moment, and that moment was waking up in the morning um, crying. That n- night, I was going through, well, a lot of evenings, a lot of times I was going to sleep. So I'd go to sleep at like um, 12, 1 o'clock, and by 3 o'clock I was awake, but I was awake in my thoughts, and those thoughts were just vortexes of, you know, how much money I owed, how many suppliers I had to, and and it was almost like how many people were on my back, and it was just like suppliers, um, uh, the banks, um, the 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 wages, the there was just so much that was just going through, and all the thoughts because I was it was the same energy that I was putting into the thoughts, those vortexes, and I know it was depression at this point, but I didn't know at that point, and um, I would stay awake in a literally in a sweat, and it would be a case of okay, so if I don't do this, this is not going to happen, this is not going to happen, this won't happen, this won't happen, da, 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 da. and it would always end up in, we're, we're homeless or I die. That's, the, and it just doesn't make sense, like, when I say it out loud, but at that point, it was real. And because I was not very good at communicating, I thought I, the energy I was putting into the thoughts is the only energy that I was putting into. So it's when Einstein said, you can't solve a problem with the same energy that created it. And all I was doing was using the same energy trying to solve the same problem. And it was just getting worse and worse and worse. So I woke up one morning and this is after weeks and months of, you know, being in this process. And that's why, because not sleeping and just being tired and then trying to work full on all day, it was just, you know, I was broken at that point. And um, I got up and I was crying and I said to my wife, I can't do this. And she, you know, she said, now it's time to make changes. You it's not, you don't have a choice to give up, you have a choice to make a change. And that change starts today. And unless it starts today, it's not going to happen. And I don't care if it's a Tuesday, you don't wait till Monday, you start today. And then at that point, I started listening. The first time I started listening, and what I mean by listening is that, not just to her, but online. So there's so many good, you know, talks and, and, and teachers. And when they say, when the student is ready, the teachers turn up. And it is so true. I was ready to listen then. And then before that, because I wasn't listening, no matter what anyone said to me, I knew the answer. I knew what was right. Until then, I knew actually I don't know now. 
started listening and why I listen to people on YouTube. So there was like um, Jim Rohn, um, Tony Robbins, um, uh, Mind Valley, Les Brown. So these were people that were just speaking positivity, trying to change, you know, saying where they'd been and move forward. And a couple of threads kept coming through. And this is after, and I became a zombie in my own house. So I'd walk around with Bluetooth headphones on with stuff on all the time. And it sounds really alien, but my kids will tell you, it's almost like my, my daughter, she was young then, but my wife was like, you were like a zombie. Because even when we were in the same room, you'd have headphones on, you'd be listening because I knew something's happening. There's some changes happening. But I'm hearing all the same threads from different people in different ways, but they were essentially these three things. First of all, stop, you know, change your state to change your mind or something like that, which was you need to start moving. I was at that point, I play a little bit of football, but that was it. There was no real physical activity. So I said, okay, so first thing I need to do is start moving. So I left my house next morning. This is after, you know, probably a month of listening. Okay, so this was a Wednesday, and I got up next day, and I said, okay, I'm going to go for a walk. At this point, I was struggling to get up at 8 o'clock. So I said, I'm going to get up at 7.30, and I'm going to go for a walk. Well, I'll go for a run. I'm going to go for a four-mile run. That was the aim. <laughs> now I know how stupid that was. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. and I got up. And, and I was like, I can't get him get out of bed because I was so tired. But I said, I got up and I was like a zombie, just putting my thing. Oh, I can't find my trainers. Where's my t-shirt? Where's my shorts? Where's it? Da, da. Eventually, go out of the house like an hour later or something. Went for a run and I literally ran to the next tree and I gave up. And I was like, maybe this plan wasn't that great, but I'm going to rethink again. So next day, I put all my clothes ready next to the bed. So I knew when I'm going to get up and leave. I'm not thinking about that. So it's, again, one hurdle that I'm not thinking about. So I literally half sleep, put my trainers on, put my thing in, and said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk and jog, walk and jog between trees. And that slowly then became a jog, and that slowly became longer, and that slowly became... But it was an every morning thing. It was a... When they say um, a non-negotiable, I had to do it every morning because I knew this would change, even though I hated it. I hated getting up in the morning and I hated that feeling. But I knew if all these people are saying the same thing, it can't be wrong because they've all changed their life. It can't be wrong. So I have to blindly follow and see how it makes me feel. A few months into that, you know, like a few years into that, that, that just the running side of it, I said, and I, I think we talked about this, I said, that's it. I'm not doing running anymore. Two years in, I said, I hate this. I, I, I've been doing it and I know it makes me feel good and all that. But I was so in my head that I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And then two days later, I said, actually, I miss running. I, I miss that feeling that I was getting from running. And as soon as that happened, everything changed. And when you, when you say, when you change your perspective on something, everything changes. Then because I started thinking, okay, so this is what I'm missing out on. And this is what I'm enjoying. Now I'm training, you know, six years on, eight years on, and I'm training for the New York Marathon next year. And I love it. It's my time to be with myself. I have meetings with myself while I'm running. So I don't really run with music and stuff. And I just listen to myself and it makes me feel human again. And the, the chemical imbalances in my brain that were happening at that time no longer happen because this running sorts all that out. And I come back alive and it makes me feel good. And I know how it makes me feel. That's why it's a non-negotiable still. I only do it sort of two or three times a week now and I'm up to, you know, 16 to 20 miles every run. And that's a short run for me. And because I know how it saved my life and I know how it's helped me. That was one thing. The other thing was nutrition. Luckily, my wife is a nutritionist. She's a fitness expert. 
and she went into the whole nutrition okay how am i eating what are you eating what time are you eating how what's good for you what's good i didn't even know what protein and carb was i used to just eat like you know it's bread what, what more and it's understanding that in the morning now i'm on two meals a day because I, I i i listen to my body i don't really eat in the morning because i don't need to i just drink water in the afternoon and evening i have a big meal and that works for me i you know i don't i know the feeling in my body and i come to trust that feeling i don't listen i even when people say do this do this no I, this works for me and then therefore if we have an evening out and we go out for a meal next day i say oh no i think it is might not even nearly need lunch because i probably got the slowest metabolic rate ever of any human being because i really don't even get hungry but then i'll be like i'm fine i listen to my body i'm actually hungry just because it says 12 o'clock on the clock doesn't mean i have to eat lunch it means that do i need to know i don't so i'll miss that i'm good or i'll have a little snack i'm good with that so it's again listening being in tune with my body if i don't drink water i get a little headache here right in the in the front of my brain and i know actually that's come because you've not drank enough water today so drink some water so listen you know your body speaks in its own language and you have to listen to that you have to feel that and the third thing was um mind mind again i you know after listening i need to start concentrating on slowing down and becoming silent and being comfortable with being silent with myself and being with my thoughts because it was about retraining my thoughts and about trying to be you know start controlling how this was going you can't control it fully but you can be man in management so going to the meditation going buddhist center to learn meditation learning yoga and learning more mindful stuff and becoming aware and make it a practice it's not a ne- there's not there's no end result there's no end game it's just a journey for me and i know every night 10 meditation before i go to sleep perfect i wake up fresh and everything and i know if i don't do it i don't so those three threads were you know the the mindset the the mind work the body work and the movement and they were the three things that have saved my life and that's why every morning now so i'll just give you my routine is quite anal but i'll explain it anyway at five o'clock i get up five to five forty five i'll make lunch for both my me and my wife so we make salad protein etc because i want to have an, a, a nutritious healthy meal in the afternoon before because i know that works for me 5:45 to 6:45 like i mentioned earlier i'm writing a book so that's when i sit down for an hour and i write again my time with myself cuz no one else is awake 6:45 then um kids get up help them and i train half an hour i do some indoor training or i go for a run or whatever that is drop my, I walk my son to school he um every morning that's our ritual and that's mine in his time to spend and 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 actually so i it's just you know our time that we don't break every day it's the same go to school come back and then i sit down and play piano so i learned started playing piano 3 4 years ago and i sit down for half an hour again no phone no technology just sit down and i play and i'm getting better and hopefully in 20 years i might be good enough to 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 play a, a song for you but until then i would, i just practice yeah and then um that's half an hour 8:30 then 8:30 to 9 o'clock i do video editing so i edit some podcasts i do some stuff work and then 9 9:15 i then leave the house to go to work and that's my ritual i know that all those little facets make me strong that my time is my time in the morning and that's why i do it early before anyone gets up and it makes me strong so my phone generally only comes on when i leave the house So while I'm in the house I I I don't switch on because I'm like if I, if it's that important someone will be able to contact me somehow otherwise 
No, I don't want to be drawn away from my the things that make me strong. And therefore, because it makes me strong, I stick to it. And therefore, when I leave the house, I'm the strongest I can be to handle anything that's going to happen in the day. I was getting goosebumps as you were saying that because there was a lot of elements of what you were saying in terms of when you were the zombie with the, the headphones on and you're really trying to change the narrative of your life. You were trying to move forward. Mm -hmm. I've been there. I had such a fixed mindset. I almost had that mindset that you're given a certain level of gifts and you're given you know, weaknesses and strengths and that's it. You then got to live your life that way. And what I realized is actually, no, you can become good at anything over a long enough period of time if you're willing to put the work in and you can change the way you think, the way you see stuff. Going back to right at the beginning when you were talking about the opportunities when that person come, you know, your reticular activation system, you can change how that even happens. If you're looking for more opportunities rather than looking for more excuses, you're going to see more opportunities come come your way. And again, I think I think your wife's fascinating, by the way, by the way you speak with her, because she said something again that's really, really profound in terms of you don't have a choice to give up. You have a choice to change. Absolutely love that. It's almost like inspiration. But then also the truth, the truth is you have that you have that control. And just having that is something that I, I urge so much for anyone listening to this show that we all have the choice right now. Whatever we're going through, every single person has gone through adversity or we're going through it or we're about to go through it. But we still have a choice in that moment in terms of how we react or once we overcome that in terms of how we move forward. And the simple things you mentioned there, the three things, the nutrition, the change in your state and allowing your mind to slow down. These are all recommendations from the successful people. And I'll put that in commas that have been out there. Every single successful person I've come across has some form of exercise, has some form of sitting with themselves, has some form of fueling their body so they can run at optimal for the next 18 to 20 hours. And I accept that it's difficult. I I probably go to the gym on average for the last nine years, I'd say I probably work out on average seven times a week. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. That's probably my overall average. Of those occasions, I'm, I'm being 100% transparent here, 10% of the time I'm looking forward to it. And it's normally I'm looking forward to it because I haven't been able to go because something's come my way. Then I get annoyed with myself. And then you realize how, the gratitude side of it, like I should be grateful that I'm going. But generally speaking, it, it's just become a forceful habit because I know the the benefits of it, the endorphins, the how I feel about myself, how I told myself on the night I was going to do something, then I did it in the day, irrespective of when that feeling of motivation left me. Because sometimes we watch a Rocky movie and I use this example a lot. We think we can take on the world. And the problem is we're watching that at 11 o'clock and come in the morning, we no longer want to take on the world. We want to stay in bed in our comfort comfort zone. And I always have this similar to yourself conversation with myself. And it's almost like I challenge myself and I have a narrative of, I make up stuff in my head in terms of, right, be the man that you said you're going to be. Then when I'm doing it, I'm saying, well, nobody else is doing this. And I'm almost kind of elevating myself. Who else is here now at five o'clock working their ass off? trying trying to be a better person nobody because they're all in bed and i know there's people like you and there's people listening to the show who are doing it but it's just a self-narrative to keep myself going so sometimes we have to have these crazy talks with ourselves i mean if you got into my head you probably wouldn't listen to another episode i find your voice because the stuff that goes on but i absolutely love it and i i just think they're keystone habits that we can, we can all implement if you can't run 16 miles try 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 16 steps try you know 16 minutes of walking just try little incremental things and then slowly you're going to start to feel better and you're going to realize okay that initial five minutes of feeling i can't be bothered is going to be quickly outweighed by the, the 15 or 20 minutes of exercise plus the after effects as well in, in terms of how you feel um and just one thing before we move over to this fun part of the show because this is a fascinating conversation i could probably speak to you for hours and we said this last time we spoke but i'm just conscious of the time is 
you said something when we spoke when I came on your your podcast, which was I think it was in relation to a conversation with your daughter, and you were speaking about how you don't label things as good or bad. I want you to kind of share that to the audience because I just think that was such an amazing takeaway that I took away from our last conversation. Yeah. So there's so much all of us go through where we put a label on something. So I like this or I don't like this. I like this or I don't like this, right? And that will then create um, your brain to believe it to be true. So then when something comes and you say, okay, I don't like walking, at the time, because you've said I don't like walking, you're almost saying to yourself, that's it. That's the only option I have. So my daughter, she was uh, wanted to be a radio presenter, and um, I, we got her into training and she goes, I say, it's a 10-week training program. I drop you off on a Sunday between 6 and 8 and I pick you up and you do it for 10 weeks. And then you decide whether you want to be a presenter or not. Two weeks in, she goes, Dad, I don't want to go anymore. And I said, why? She goes, I just don't like it. I don't like the people there, the other people there. I just don't like the teacher. I just don't like anything. I said, Kaya, don't have an opinion. Don't say like or dislike. Just say it's something I just have to do. And at the end of that 10 weeks, then I have a choice to say whether I want to carry on or not. Because as soon as you say like and you say you don't like, all your brain will keep concentrating all the things that are happening that you don't like. If you then, if there is something that you do like, your brain will say, don't, don't, don't look at that. Don't concentrate on that because you've already said you don't like it. And you're always almost like a confirmation to then prove yourself right because that's the ego again. It's the ego that you're trying to um, coax and you're trying to stroke by saying, I said I didn't like it, so all the things that I don't like, all I'm seeing is that. It's like the reticular act- activation system, right? You keep seeing what you need to see and you, you filter out everything else. So at the end of that 10 weeks, I said, so therefore you don't have a choice. So just remember that. Just go to it and at the end of the 10 weeks, we'll talk again. But until then, there is no choice. And I said, just stop thinking I like and I dislike. Just do it at the end of the 10 weeks she said dad i want to be a presenter i love it and i'm glad i stayed and that again was confirmation to me that that label of like and dislike and we live it's almost becomes automatically it's like when if you ask someone what what do you want your life to be and they'll tell you all the things they don't want you know, I don't want <laughs> yeah. this and I don't like this. And I, no, no, I'm not telling you what you do. And, it, and it's funny how as human beings, we do that because it's easier to say what we don't like than what we do like. Because it's almost like the fear protects us. The fear keeps us protected. So I don't like this or I don't want this. And I know that. But how can you design your life to be the most amazing don't work out the plan. Don't worry how it's going to happen. Just put it out there. This is how I want my life to be. And this is what interested me about you, Aaron, when you said five years ago, you decided to go through a process to design your life. And I wish so many more people would do that. And the three letters I would say to anyone listening is PDF. It's easy to remember because everyone knows what a PDF is, but it's patience, discipline, and focus. Those three things I, will, I want to, I may even ask for your help on this, I want to set up a program for young people where called the PDF project, where we can actually try and instill this in younger people because they're the three things that, you know, 
take time and I get it. It's not like it's a judgment. I know when you're younger, you don't have the patience, you don't have the discipline or the focus. And if we can instill that into young people from an early age, this world would be an amazing place. And using the experience that I've seen, is you use the analogy of um, experience and not having the experience, it's like giving a 17-year-old the keys to a Ferrari. And you're talking about money as the energy. I'm talking about a car here. You give him the keys to Ferrari, he'll either kill himself or kill someone else because you don't have the experience to drive it, you don't have the respect to drive it, and you don't have the authority to drive it because you're not in control, right? Fast forward 20 years when you've, 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 you've buckled down and you've earned, the res- you, you've earned the money to buy it. You've then taken the keys because you, you deserve it. And now you drive it because you've got experience and you're going to enjoy it so much more. It's the same with money. Money comes too early. That energy is going to kill you or corrupt you or somehow amplify things in you which you don't want. It's like when they say most, you know, when you win the lottery, what happens to that money is it amplifies who you are already. So if you're a generous person, it makes you more generous. If you're a cruel or a mean person, it makes you more mean. So the energy is there to amplify. Just always remember that anything that comes into your life, if it's turning you into something that you don't want to be, recognize that early and change it there. Absolutely love that. And just on that last point, which I think is really, really important, and it's a mindset shift I have as well, which is that money doesn't change you. Money exposes you. So... I grew up with the narrative that uh, money is the root of all evil and people with money, they do bad things, X, Y, and Z. And we, we came from very, very humble beginnings. And I had to change that narrative because again, I was being told something negative that actually wasn't the truth. But what we do is in life, we try to find things that that fit our narrative and fit our beliefs. It's just, it's just the way it is. If we believe, for example, I'll use a very quick football analogy for probably the two people that watch football and listen to this show is if you have a dislike for a particular player I promise you when you watch that player you're only going to you're only going to count the times they've misplaced a pass or they forgot something you're going to forget all their off the ball work or their assists or their goals you're going to it's just we have this bias and we continually just kind of pump into it to make ourselves and our opinions seem like they're right and again one of the things and one of the blessings I'm, I'm grateful that I went through is I no longer care about being right I just, I just want to be better. I just want to learn. I just want to grow. And if, if there's something I've believed for the last 15 years that somebody shows me, well, actually, you're wrong. I'm happy to take that on. I wasn't seven years ago, but I'm, I'm most certainly like happy to take that on now. So I really, really think that's such an important lesson for anyone in life in, in terms of we have to be in control of the way our minds work. And only we know, every one of us. I mean, listening to you is fascinating because I think we're very similar in the way that, that we think. So it gives... It gives me inspiration and hope because you're a few years ahead of me in the journey, but I'm like, I'm thinking the same way. I'm doing the same habits. So hopefully one day I I can be at the same level, but somebody else might be slightly different. So what you have to do is reframe it. Some people need tough love. Some people need an arm around their shoulder when they have that negotiation. You know the best way to negotiate with yourself. And however you do that, if it's having crazy talks with Bluetooth headphones on with yourself or running with no music, then do that. But if it's having an accountability partner, that can always help as well. I, I think my wife coming into my life has been one of the one of the best things for me as a person because she's taught me so much about the growth mindset and you know mindset is everything I, I truly believe that because if I never had that mindset just going back to my first point about the money I would never pursue money because I always thought it was a bad thing for me now when I have money what I actually do is my bills don't increase I think what can I do with this extra money now to either make my life easier my parents life easier my wife's life easier or can I then create something to help other people and I think it exposes people effectively so fantastic answer I'm really glad we managed to share that 
But um, conscious of time, because I, I, again, this could be a 15 hour episode. We might have to do a 24 hour <laughs> marathon one day. <laughs> so I want to run into the fun part of the show. So the fun part of the show is just for anyone who's tuned in is where I ask you random questions. I've got a list of questions here in front of me and it's one word or one sentence answers only from yourself. Are we ready? Okay. Yep. Okay. What is your favorite hobby? Piano. The scariest thing you've ever done? Uh, skydive. Your biggest mistake this year? Not making more of the lockdown that we've just come out of or we're still in, but we're still coming out of. I wish I did more. Your proudest achievement? Feeling like I'm the most interesting person I know. Your favorite motivational speaker? Um, Les Brown. If you had an extra hour a day, how would you spend it? I'd spend it reflecting, reflecting on... If it was just for the day, reflecting on the day and then putting in action points for the next day because I don't think I spend enough time doing that. Okay. The best lesson anyone has ever taught you? Um, trust yourself because you have all the answers. You just have to go quiet and go within and trust yourself. If you could get the listeners to do one thing starting today, what would it be? Find out what makes you happy and do that mm. because the world needs to be around happy people because when we're around happy people the world is a more exciting place sorry that was a really long answer i love that but it was one sentence so it's okay a lot of comments <laughs> if you could abolish one thing in the world what would that be uh, and one we that is that this wasteful mentality of a lot of people uh, in terms of chucking stuff away and and not reusing stuff and i have a real big issue with that okay what is your favorite book the Dharma, the Dharma Effect by Simon House is a local author from Leicester and it's, I live by it. It's ultimately awesome. It's not a really big seller by anyone big, but it's huge in my life. Um, what are you secretly good at that nobody knows? Focus. And what I mean by that is if I put my mind to something, I, I ignore everything around me and I just make it happen. Um, and would that be small, small steps? I just try and live every day by doing something that builds me up to be the best version I can be. If you could relive one day again, what day would that be? Oh, oh, my wife's going to hate this, but <laughs> the um, Champions League final 2005 when Liverpool came from 3-0. That's... <laughs> that's probably one of the worst days of my life. <laughs> okay, brilliant. So that is the end of the fun part of the show. So uh, some great answers there, apart from the Liverpool one. Um, as we kind of head towards the last few questions, I want to ask about reflection and legacy. So starting with reflection, I'm a firm, firm believer that hindsight is a wonderful thing. It can teach us ways to get to where we are quicker, easier and with less heartache. But at the same time, I believe it's that journey that's so, so important because it teaches us so much as well along the way. So if you had all your wisdom now and all your knowledge, you could maybe go back to a younger version of yourself, maybe in your teenage years, for example, or when you first started that business. What would you say? I'd say, Bav, there's so much that's going to happen to you and you may you may feel awkward in a lot of situations you being awkward in the situations is just building you up to the person you're going to become don't try and ignore it don't try and hide from it but be truthful try and be as, as truthful as you can to as many people as you can because it's only the truth that shows you as a person now as you go on you may you know you may not you you won't know yourself until you reach a point later in your life but looking back at you now, you have everything you need. You have everything you want and you, you're, you have the right mindset to grow. You just have to trust yourself, listen to the people around you. Um, you have an awesome network of foundation in terms of people, in terms of family, in terms of friends that will always look after you. And there's always going to be a halo around you in terms of protection 
because you'll never you'll there'll never be a place you'll fall too far that you can't get up from and every, the universe will only give you the lessons it knows you can handle so just keep looking forward and just try and take a few more risks i think um just try and be a bit more bold and a bit more courageous with living your life and try and do things not to try and make other people happy that make you happy because if you're happy the people that are important to you will be happy because they're around you being the happiest you can can absolutely i love that especially the last answer and that's something that i'm very grateful i have in my natural personality so as much as i struggle with shyness or anxiety i also have this element of when you're in flight fright freeze moment i always want to fight so as much as it scares me to have started a podcast for example i still try it because i'm like the end might be great and it has been amazing the same with youtube putting myself on there i mean talk about the worst video ever on youtube is probably my first video it is so <laughs> cringe that i've i've actually i've stopped it now so you can't actually see it but what i am going to do is in maybe like a year or something is bring it out and i'm going to show everyone look this is where i actually started I'm just taking a risk on anything the same with property i gave up a very very well-paid job to go to become a social worker i then gave that up to then become a property investor pretty much full-time to now being able to do the things i do and a lot of the blessings in my life have come from taking risks because i think when you go through adversity especially at least this is my perspective is you realize how short our lives are i hear so many tragic stories on this on this podcast of somebody thinking they were fine and then come Monday morning they've got a tumor for example and they've been given three months to live and I just think what are you waiting for you know why why are we waiting so long to find our voice to start writing our own story do it just try it because a great exercise I always do and I always speak about is what's the worst that could happen I always say Dr Pepper it because at the end of the day the chances are you trying to put yourself out there on a podcast or trying to inspire people because that's what that's what you feel your purpose is you're not going to necessarily die from it. I mean, the odds are very, very low from that. It's not going to, it's not going to affect your family, which I'm sure is probably the most important thing as well. So sometimes if you can just have that mindset of what's the worst that can happen and you accept that that's really not going to happen, we should take that risk. So yeah, sorry for rambling on there. I just think that was such a great, great, great point there. And that does segue us to the last question, which um, is really important. And I think yours is going to be a fantastic one and it's about legacy. So I always ask this to all of my guests that if in 150 years time, science fails to save us and all that exists is a book now this book is about you it's about your life it's about all of the amazing achievements all of your ups and all of your downs along the way firstly what what i want to know is what would the title of this book be and then secondly what would the summary at the back tell us about you okay so the title of the book would be i think for me it'd be thinking it real um and what I mean by that is our thoughts are so powerful and it creates the world that we live in. And I believe that so strongly that we have to understand that we as human beings have such a ability to put action behind the thought and bring out the world. Everything we see, the most powerful statement I've ever heard is everything you see that's around us, that's not natural, that's man-made, started as a thought and it came out of the world. The biggest buildings to the smallest nanotechnology started in the thought and we we brought out of the world. And that is, you know, I live my life by that in terms of what actions can I put behind my thoughts to bring something out into the world and build the life and build the universe that I want to see. This world for me is not about the whole world. It's about my world and my world are the people around me and the things that surround me and my perspective on things. And therefore, if I can be the best version I can of myself, 
then I can be the best version of myself for those people around me and I build the universe that I want to see and the world that I want to see because it's all the perspective that I put out there. Um, the, the back of the book would read, we are all individual cells. First of all, we are blessed to be here. The, the chances of us being here are so remote and so minuscule that it's almost impossible that we're here. So we have to be here. We have to have the faith that we're here for a reason and we're here for a purpose. Whether we know that or not, we've already won uh, You know the, the battle of 400 million sperm to be here. We've already won the battle of all the... If you think about every generation that's come behind us, 50 generations, you think how many people had to meet and procreate down that pyramid to get to you. It's almost impossible that we're here. So therefore, make the most of this life because we being the cells in the symbiotic system called the universe, we all are cells that need to be strong for not just for ourselves, but for the whole system to work. And if we're strong, then we are strong for everyone around us, but also we're strong for ourselves. And when we're strong for ourselves, we then shine. And when we shine our light bright, we shine for all the people around us so they can shine their light bright for their people. So have the faith, have the courage to live your best life. And at the end of it, look back and say, I love that. That was a fantastic journey. And I'm, and, and I'm looking forward to the next journey because it will just carry on from there. I love that. If I could drop this mic without damaging it, I would have done that right there. <laughs> um, just before I give the audience a chance to connect with you and you, you share all your socials. And obviously I urge people to follow the podcast as well because you're going to get more of an insight in terms of you as a person. There's some fantastic guests on there as well. We've actually got an ex-fellow Find Your Voice guest who's also featured on that as well. So I definitely urge people to move over to that and, and show some love. Are there any questions that you wish I had asked you today or any final messages you want to leave with the audience? I think I've always trusted in the, the conversations leading the way it's meant to lead. And I think all the things that we've talked about, hopefully there is something there that can someone can take away and it's not just listening to the information and then saying oh that was good and doing nothing about it but try and put even one thing into action because that one decision you make today you'll look back in 10 years time and say I'm so glad I made that decision because my life has changed exponentially just by that one little shift or that one little change um one thing <clears throat> I think gets a really bad rep is struggle and what I mean by that is when something comes too easy, I believe that there's no value in it. The value is in the struggle. It's a thing where you have to try and figure shit out to try and move forward. It's when I was young, we had to, you know, when we wanted to get, learn something, we had to go to the library or we had to go to somewhere or do something. Or if we had to go and find a friend, we had to go and run to his house and find him. Now it's literally a quick message, right? And that struggle is where the value was for me. And it still is. When something is going to take, it's like playing the piano when I said 20 years. I know it's going to take time. Let it take time. Because at the end of that journey, you're going to be like, I'm so glad I went through that. Or the hardship, you know, the hard, I look back at the time when I was broken, broken, crying on my bed as the best time because it created the version I see you see in front of you today. So I wouldn't, that struggle and that hardship, it was tough. And the universe will only give you lessons which are which it knows you can handle. So don't try and shy away from it. Just handle it head on, go through the struggle, and then know on the other side of that, there's going to be so much, a, a better version of you on the other side. 
So don't don't try and duck it. Don't try and have an easy life. Try and go through a few struggles because I'm sure it will help you as a person as well. Absolutely love that. I love that. I I tweeted a quote the other day about the shortcut to success is doing the hard things that you're putting off effectively. And you literally said that amazingly there. You articulated it much better and elaborated on it because so often in life, we're not willing to go through that. But I, I can't explain that all the great things that have come through my life have come through the struggle, have come through adversity or on the other side. Even if it's something really horrific, actually it's given me a different perspective to now not not waste my life. You know, I've wasted a lot of years. Uh, there's, there's, I sometimes kick myself, but then I remember I need to be kind to myself. Of so many years of wasted potential, just getting by, just going to work and making sure when the manager comes, you know, I've got my laptop on, but then I'm on Sky Sports <laughs> and placing bets and just doing the, the most random silly things. And I, and I kick myself because I'm like, I couldn't be further along the journey. But again, this is why I try and openly share all my thoughts and my perspectives. And I understand some people may have to go through the same life as myself, but I want people to get to places quicker than myself and be better than myself. I, I truly want that because one thing I realize is that takes nothing away from my life. If everyone listening to this becomes a lot more successful 10 years before me, brilliant. I can still have my own level of success as well. And I think if we have that rivers, mindset, the river is big enough for all of us to all drink of us. out of, and that's that's the truth. Absolutely, all of us to shine. And you said a beautiful thing earlier as well about you know the world needs more happier people. And um, you know that's all I'm trying to do from this. Honestly, it's been such a fascinating story. Again, I don't want to keep rambling. I want people to connect with you now. I want people to follow your podcast and get an insight into your life as well. So, where's the best place that somebody can follow your journey or learn more about yourself? Yeah. So, like I said, so we talked about the podcast, Bigger Than The Hustle. Um, that's there and that will continue to be there. Um, I'm sure Aaron will hook up my sort of Instagram or Facebook. Generally, I'm sort of more LinkedIn and, and um, Instagram and Facebook. I'll, I'll, I'll dabble on all three, but they, they, they don't dictate my life. So if you want to see some stuff I'm doing, it's on there. And there's some new podcasts that I'm going to be starting next year, which Aaron will be on as well, which he doesn't know about. <laughs> Thank you. I can prepare myself <laughs> over the winter. But absolutely, <laughs> what I will do is um, I'll put all that stuff in the show notes as I do all the time, just to make people's lives easier as well. I definitely think there is so much more that we could have covered. I mean, I was writing notes. I've probably got another 15 questions, but maybe we can do a part two later on as well. Yeah, just in term, just Anytime. In, yeah. Because I think one Anytime. thing that we've both done that's very similar is recognize our life wasn't going the way that we wanted it we recognize some level yeah. of dissatisfaction we recognize to come out of that dis dissatisfaction was going to be tough and difficult mm -hmm. but we did it we didn't just yeah. accept that and then wait till we were 65 and then moan about how our life was you know miserable we're, we're trying to actively yeah. change that and that's all i want yeah. from anyone listening to this show Davik, it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for coming on the show today Thank you so much. Thank you. You're very welcome. And for everyone else at home, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> thank you so much, Aaron. That was brilliant. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.